heard that you love comic books and need a fix on superheroes. Maybe you is different mastermind. So you side with the villains. Had an all which side you own if Marvel or DC. Which artist you respect the most? Bob Kane or Stan Lee? Need the latest film adaptions coming to the screen. Get the facts on starring actors. Which ones you need to go see? Maybe you a gamer cause you love to take control. Get latest news on the hottest games. Then debate the best console. Nintendo or Sony can't forget Microsoft. Find out which games you have to play and which ones should not. Get on board and join the movement, you won't be last. Check signal strength, turn volume up. It's time for a new podcast. Yeah, you need the facts on Donkey Stuff. Who got the latest word? Hit internet for number one. It's nerds against the world. You got questions, they got answers. Best you've ever heard. No competition, listen close. It's nerds against the world. Happy New Year and welcome to the season of Nerds Against the World. Desmond, Desmond, Dad Robinson. I wish I can change that on PSN, but I will lose my trophies. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> on this episode we have returning, re- returning host Benita Lavario. We fucking made it. We made it. We passed 2021. We lived, <laughs> but I feel Biden will lock us down. Yeah, I mean. It's gonna lock up, I guess better locked down than dead. I don't and on her now second I think third. I gotta really go back. I forgot how to second. Episode. Second, second, second. Second episode in the mm-hmm. world of podcasting. Finally, on something, we have my good friend Carol Gonzalez. Hello. Welcome <laughs> Happy back. New Year. Happy New Year. Welcome back. Um twenty twenty one has been very interesting in terms of gaming. Um, if you know the fiasco that is cyberpunk, just, um, if you want the breakdown of all the patches they have to do, which is one long ass 1.5 patch list, the giant country and robot guys, uh, which was technically me and Christian, um, <laughs> we went through that whole list of this, just what should have been done from the get go. Um, but we're not going to talk about that here. We're going to talk about does a gaming narrative make for game of the year or is it the gameplay or the combination of the two um now if you heard the previous episode which would be episode four with me and mauricio we got to the point where we started to talk started talking about the gaming awards and the fact that um naughty dog swept basically swept the game awards um yeah we both felt that when it comes to game of the year and best direction we had varying opinions on that. Um, I conceded and said, as much as they went through, I think I said it. I probably, you know, I'm not even going to say what the fuck I said because I probably am wrong. Hmm. <laughs> but I will say, mm. I will say, me, me and Marisa was right in terms of direction. They, they should have, shouldn't have won the, the award. So when we think of gaming direction, we're, we're now talking about the direction of the actors and the actresses or the voice actors and actresses um, in terms of telling the story. So I think we was both in an agreement. Yeah. We was both in an agreement where they should be treated like the Oscars to be more specific in terms of what you're calling direction. Mm-hmm. See, I think it should be opposite because i feel like the game awards are going more towards that oscars type mentality of how like the actors 
vote. And I mean, honestly, the Oscars, like, most of the time, those awards are given for, like, basically what studio has the money to pay uh, voters and shit like that. Um, (laughs) But, like, the Game Awards, I feel like, should be different because gaming is, like, so vastly different than movie making because it's not only is like a game director having to work on like the direction of the story and sort of kind of like rein in like side plots or you know figure out like what is going to be best for the story they're also like in charge of of running the whole fucking team and that's hundreds and um yeah they have like delegations and shit like that like obviously you've got the voice director um who's in charge of like making sure the voice actors are giving great performances but i don't know i don't think i don't think the game awards should go towards like the oscars route because i mean it's kind of like you were talking about with crunch um i feel like that has to be taken into account for directors it's not like oh look at all of this like bullshit we put all of our people through yes absolutely worth it to win this fucking award when it's like not i feel like it's it's not um personally just because so many video game developers are suffering burnout and stress and just like massive mental illnesses like depression and shit like that because of the mass overload Mm -hmm. that is upon them and so i think that definitely needs taken into account for best direction because if you are literally putting your people through hell then you are not a good director you are not a good burner like you need to make sure your people are taken care of so they give you a good product not like with them to make them make a good product you know like i mean yeah like when i learned about naughty dogs like team walking out and i was like huh like you know like i was unaware of that i was more concerned about the final product Mm -hmm. you know i didn't really think about the team the people who put it together and i was learning how they were overworked how they were just like you know like they're they're pressured and it's like damn that's pretty fucked up like like, what am I supporting, you know? <laughs> right? Because, like, even the general public, like, we're not really helping with that. Like, just yeah. look at fucking cyberpunk. Like, the hype for cyberpunk was real, but, like, people were sending them death threats because they're like, oh, mm-hmm. we've delayed the game again. We've delayed the game again. And they're like, motherfuckers, just this game and I'm going to kill you. And, like, just, like, it never has to be that way. Like, literally, hundreds of people are spending thousands upon thousands upon thousands of hours to create this content mm-hmm. and they're already like on such a work overload that adding in this stressor now of death threats because somebody doesn't have their game in their hands by a certain date is just so stupid and i mean especially with cyber like that shit could have been pushed back into 2021 yeah. again and i would have just been like, whatever, I don't care, just give me a good Then I guess this uh-huh. would be a good question to ask before we get into our main topic. 
should we eliminate pre-ordering? Because that's where most of these companies are making yes. the b- bulk of their money, though. They're making the bulk of their money because of pre-orders, because they know, like, CD, now CD Projekt Red are now, is now tainted forever. Like, it's going to take, like Bioware, EA was forever tainted, but uh, like Bioware, like, beloved companies are now tainted. So, and now... I think it's... I, I think CD Projekt is now at that point where now, even if a year from now, Let's say this time next year, the game is supposed to be what they marketed it out to be. But mm-hmm. whenever their next game will be, people are going to be hesitant on that game. And they're going to be doubtful if they see yeah. anything. Like, like the majority of people were very doubtful when they saw the trailer to, well, two people, the teaser to Mass Effect and um, Dragon Age. Like, they was very doubtful on the game because we all know Casey Hudson, Mark Dura, and... Um, Mike Laylaw are no longer there. Mm-hmm. So now everyone is doubtful, and then no one doesn't trust Bioware. So now CD Projekt is now in that boat, and yeah, I feel like at the end of that, with everything that they're going that they went through this past year and going into twenty twenty one this year, pre orders should die. I'm sorry, you're gonna lose money, but yeah. too many fuck ups. No, I think. I mean, I agree. I think pre-orders are kind of like the, not so much the reason, but definitely one of like the the figures for why your industry, the video game industry, is kind of like the shit show that it that it is right now. Um, because it starts building up that hype. It starts. Um, you know, building that's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think it's not only. I mean, like, I'm not totally against pre-orders, but I'm more against like timelines when it comes to like the Christmas season. Mm. You know, I feel like a lot of games mm-hmm. are rushed because they want them out. Like, oh, we gotta get them out before Black Friday, or we gotta get this game out. Yeah. You know, so the parents could buy their kids things. People could feel pressure to buy nice things, buy these games, buy the new console. So, like, you know, I think it's the pre-orders on top of, like, seasonal consumer-like-ism. You get me? Mm-hmm. And on top of that, I it's, it's like them putting, taking more, biting more than what they can chew because they're trying to meet these deadlines. Like, yeah, I don't know. I just like- feel like pre-orders are good in the sense for, uh, let's see. I think they're good. Uh, just, just like you so the consumer themselves can have it but like for me like if a game if a company's offering a pre-order it's like okay um they can still take time take their time making the game you know but like i feel like they shouldn't allow a pre-order to determine that they need to rush a game it's just funny because it's um you don't really hear too much about like this whole crunch thing really from any other uh which i'm called but like system like Mm -hmm. you know movies themselves don't have like these major like crunch periods like sure i mean (laughs) yeah (laughs) but like it's more, it's, what is it, like the, um, I, I, so, like, video games, but, you know, like, the special effects departments, yeah. it's always, like, the ones that, like, 
these are the things that have like this crunch uh, period I, I, you know yeah i get what you're saying because i know from like marvel always shows these documentaries of what they marvel studios not um i promote run marvel why is he whatever um but Feige shows like everything they do is predetermined before they start it. So if they, mm-hmm. so if they do run into any problems, that's why a lot of, maybe a lot of scenes were cut out in movies because it was like, it was not, they didn't have a necessary enough time to do what they wanted to at the time. So like, all right, mm-hmm. we'll, just, we'll just cut it out. And that's the final project. Like, um, end game. There was supposed to be a scene of Tony with adult, um, hope, well, not hope, uh, Tony's daughter. Oh, Morgan. Yeah, Morgan. It was supposed to be his, what he looked like in the astral plane talking to his daughter. Yeah. Mm. But they took it out. But it's but it's still un- um, but not CG, but they showed the scene that was not done with um, visual effects. Yeah. Um, the only people we can say... That, that I think was like a good call to take out because it really like... It would have it killed the most. It, it didn't fit. Yeah, it didn't it, fit. Yeah, it didn't. You got all the heroes crying, and you want to go straight to that scene. No, you, you know, you can't stick yeah. to it, all the heroes crying. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like movies, television, they have set predetermined things that they work on. It includes their special effects um, companies. Like some of them are in house, um, some of them are outsourced. Like I think Marvel's the only one that has that has connections with ILM that is primarily on Star Wars. Um. We're not going to talk about Star Wars, because if I talk about Star Wars, we're going to derail this whole thing. Um. (laughs) I think it's just, it's just funny because, you know, it's obviously they're dealing with like a lot of code, Mm -hmm. computer programs, things like that. So those are just Mm -hmm. very hard to really, I guess, anticipate issues because you could have like the general layout of what you want to do, but like in like putting that into play then like causes so many different issues where you're like, okay, we have to debug this or, Oh, his face completely disappears into his, into his neck. If we do it like this, like it's, there's just so many working pieces. And I just wish, yeah, I just wish developers would, and I guess mostly publishers the publishers would just understand that shit goes wrong. You know, you literally, you cannot plan for everything. Yeah. Um, like, these games are meant to be played, if, if there's repeat value to the game, they're meant to be played over and over again. Um, like, if, especially if it's an RPG. So you expect, like, um, to go back to Cyberpunk, you expect that when you do a third or fourth playthrough on a different... Uh, through line, you expect it to be just as polished as your first playthrough. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. like, I think the only bug... This is a funny bug, though. On Inquisition, when you go to jump, but he doesn't fully jump, and it's, it's just like they're floating in the air, moonwalking. Oh, yeah. Um, Witcher, they had... The, every time he snaps his... Like, he's supposed to, like, I guess, trying to, t- trying to talk to somebody... But then at the same time, that same button when he's trying to talk to someone is the trigger of a magic spell. So it's like, what the fuck? Yeah. I remember falling through, like, Skyhold so many... Assassin's Creed Unity was bugged oh. as 
fuck. And that one had so much potential. It's like, what? You can play with friends together with the, you know, with other, uh, you know, brothers in the creed. That's all. And I'm just falling continuously. Some of my characters didn't have a face. (laughs) Oh my God. That's the thing with like this whole crunch shit. Cause then Ubisoft is like, we can do this every year. Let's release this game every year. And it's like, stop like madden releases it's basically the same game with just like slightly different graphics updated visuals and maybe slightly adjusted mechanics they do that every freaking year people still buy it but like sports games are a completely different breed than any other game even like shooters like call of duty i don't even know if they still come out every because i like i think call of duty is now like if you're doing their free to play Fortnite style, they're on a seasonal basis. Yeah, Warzone. Um, but uh-huh. like campaigns, though, it looked like it's now taking every two to three years. Okay. Yeah. But um, it's good at least. Like, like with Ubisoft, yeah, they do it yearly with every fucking. It feels like it's yearly with every Assassin's Creed game. But if you look at the watch, their Watchdog series. That's where they take the most time with. That that's always flips me out. Like, majority of the people mm-hmm. that works on Assassin's Creed also works on the Watch Dogs series. Like, why yeah. why can't you put that much effort on your Assassin's Creed games that you do with like the majority of people who bitch about Watch Dogs is only about its stories, as opposed to just the gameplay. Yeah. Uh, well, and that's. It's just so funny that you bring it up because I just got Valhalla, so I just started playing that. So I guess I'm still technically in the Boreal mm-hmm. phase, and I'm just I'm not liking it because the combat is just it's a I'm trying to even remember like the last Assassin's Creed game I played. I think I played the Egyptian one. Um, the last one I played for a little... was Brotherhood. The sequel <laughs> was the sequel. That was the sequel to, oh. to our listeners. Brotherhood Dang. came out Assassin's Creed Two, so I haven't played Assassin's Creed since the PS3. That was that was uh, I affectionately called that one Assassin's Creed Two Five. Um, but like the combat is. It feels different to me from previous games, so I don't know if I'm just not remembering them correctly. It's just been so long since I played one. Um, but also, like, so far, the story itself hasn't really, like, hooked me. And I've been playing, um, I don't know, maybe two hours in, I guess? Because it's a huge open world, so, you know, I'm kind of, like, running around, looking at all this stuff, doing, like, little side quests and things like that but like one of my friends was like no 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 once you get past like that intro level he's like it gets really good he's like you just gotta get to Britain and I'm just like but I if you can't even make the tutorial level interesting like I feel like that's sort of like kind of the go-to level like you want to at least pull people in in the first mm-hmm. level and make it interesting and intriguing so they keep wanting to play the rest mm-hmm. of the game because if you fuck up the beginning then that easily people are going to be like oh, I don't do this anymore 
So like having to feel like we're forcing ourselves to have to play this to get to the good parts is just a bit dumb. And, uh, for me, I'm only eight hours in Cyberpunk. And I experienced one glitch. on. I'm playing on the Xbox. I'm not playing on the PlayStation. Um, no, actually two glitches. And it mainly is mainly for my male character, V. Like, I'm, oh, I'm constantly seeing him naked. But he has clothes on in the cutscene, which is like, what the fuck is going on? Why is he... Whatever. <laughs> like, I'm like, I don't want to see his dick. Why did I even give this damn character a dick? What is it? What is it used for? Like, seriously. I'm, I'm literally standing, like, I'm looking at him, I'm like, I don't see no sex. Welcome I don't, I don't see no sex. to what it feels like to be a woman who has to play these video games where they just casually show fully naked women for no reason whatsoever. So, yeah. welcome <laughs> to how we feel. But please, continue continue bitching I'm about the male gaziness. I'm glad to be here. I, I really am, because I made the character look like me. <laughs> so, it's still, like, I'm still, like, I don't see any sex scenes for this game. So... Like what is the fucking point? I see more dildos that gets used than this than your character's dick. <laughs> but that's that's a minute that's a minute thing. I, I had to get that out. Cause I'm like, mm -hmm. like why? Mm-hmm. One glitch that really grubbed me the wrong way last year, uh, in 2019, was Dark Souls three. Mean the year after. Uh, you mean the year before? Yes. Yeah. Oh, 2020 never existed. No. I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay, so. No, 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 no. We, 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 we hear you. We feel you. We feel you. We went from 2019 to here we are, 21. Okay? Oh, <laughs> 2020 yeah. never happened. Sorry to, yeah. sorry to mansplain that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> no, but um, this game, you know, like when Darksiders 2 came out, you know, THQ went out of business, you know, like there was going to be no Darksiders 3. We we're all like, okay, where the fuck is this story going to go? We're left in the dark. And then, what, six years later, you know, like, oh, you know, uh, Dark Starters 3, you know, coming your way. I was like, oh, fuck. I was like, finally, we get to see what happens. Like, you know, and the game came out. I was excited. The game was glitchy as fuck. And I was able to work through the other glitches. Like, I didn't mind it because I'm just like, I was like just being like a a fangirl for Dark Series 3. I was like, you know what? They can't do no wrong. I'm okay with this. And I was like, I'm going to platinum this game. So when I completed the game on the hardest level, hardest difficulty, I was just waiting. I saw, you know, the the my trophy came out for, oh, passing it on easy, on medium. And then the one, I did not get the platinum trophy. And I was like, what the fuck? What did I do wrong? So then I go on Reddit and I'm like, oh, what's going on? And they said that there's a glitch where if you pause the game and just look at your difficulty just to see where you're at, it glitches. <gasps> oh, bruh. Oh, no. Yes, and I was so pissed. I was like, what? I was like, okay, I only did it like three times because I wanted to make sure, like, oh, my God, I'm going to pass the game. Do I still have the right difficulty, <laughs> you know? And oh, I did it again. Like, no. hey, this time, I'm like, this time? I'm not even going to hover over it, you know? I'm just going to pause and just see. Just see, like, without hovering, highlighting the difficulty. So I played the game again, difficult, and, you know, 
it definitely when you're playing in apocalyptic mode you have to farm a lot because okay so you want to upgrade yeah. so you have to farm a lot and mm -hmm. um i played it again i just paused it i didn't even highlight the difficulty i just paused it just to see like okay cool and i'm playing again the glitch again so then i was like okay i'm gonna play this whole fucking game without pausing it at all because i was told that uh they released a new patch where that was fixed i did it and i passed that game like five times on the hardest difficulty and still no trophy and um oh, i didn't no. play it i started playing it again i was like okay well apparently it's officially been it has been fixed so i'm gonna attempt it because they actually came out with the new game plus you know, and apparently if you play New Game Plus, you continue with, like, the weapons and the upgrades you have. You're just in a whole new, obviously, like, what New Game Plus is. So I'm going to attempt it, and I'm hoping it's fixed. And if it's not... Ask for a refund. Yeah. It's like one of those like weird glitches that you're just like, yeah. how the fuck would they have been able to find that? Yeah. You yeah. know? like. But... But there's people who were able to get that platinum trophy because it was so glitched that they were able to find um, ways how to get to point A to point Z so quick, like in two minutes. Like there's those, uh, those I don't know what they did, but they were able to find uh, loopholes in the game just to pass it without fighting any of the of the bosses. Damn speedrunners. And real quick, real quick, um, they were able to patch that. I don't know. Yeah. I'm still mad about it. Um, I'm still mad about it. There's a funny glitch, and it's all around YouTube. Dude, this I don't know who the person is. I'm just going to say person. They call for their car. Out of nowhere, the game launches the car from the sky, from the other side of the map, and it lands <laughs> on top of the character, on the player. A good chunk of their health is gone, and then the car blows up. <laughs> wow! Oh my god, that's fucking funny. That I was like, uh, I was like, that's give it like, oh my god! You remember all like the hysterical glitches in Andromeda, like freaking. Really have to talk about it. This was the demise of the Next Against the World in the first place. I mean, that's <laughs> true. Okay, I guess we can pivot back to the topic at well, hand: no, 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 ahead, story ahead. versus. It was my, it's my, I was, just, I was, I was in my feelings in terms of Andromeda, so let's work them out. Let's go. It's just funny when you're like talking to someone and after you finish a conversation, like I can't remember if it was Liam or maybe it was Liam. Like you're on the ship and like you finish talking with him and then he like walks away and then he literally like jetpacks himself through the ceiling. Oh, yeah. Um, I usually had or people in your cabin falling shop. into space. I fell into space so many times just being in the cockpit of the was it Tempest? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I'm just reliving Mass the beginning of Mass Effect Two all over again with explosions. I never had that. I had um, people in your shot in your in your angle. So like when they're in the cutscene or it's just them talking, you're in my eye line. Motherf like if I was an actor, like you in my eye line, you in my eye line. <laughs> oh, where they're like right in between the two of you, just standing there, and you're like talking as if they're not there, and you're like, bro, uh, bro. I know. I'm like, come on, bro. Um, one I just now recently experienced replaying Andromeda. 
the character Liam and um, Jaw, they're that cutscene where you see them both naked in the uh, in the because they both working on the armor. The, yeah. The co- the game copy like it's just like it glitch where they're still standing there, but then a copy of Jaw walks past Ryder, but he's still standing there. I'm like, I was, so you're like, oh, there's just two naked jaws. Okay, it's cool. I was like, that never happened before. It like it digressed over time. God, forgot. Um, Fucking stupid scene. I had a glitch. Now this is when I first played it. There was a glitch with the sex scene with Cora and Ryder. I was like, how? Whatever. All right. But so, but I mean that is a good segue because Andromeda for me was not a good game, even though combat wise I thought it was a lot of fun. But it story wise, um, story wise it fucking sucked because it was just like just copying Mass Effect. I I didn't see um, I, didn't, I didn't see it as that um, copying Mass Effect because I was like there is. Oh, you don't, you didn't see that you, the lone person that can only interact with this one particular style of ancient alien technology to fight this, uh, warring, um, aliens that just want to harvest people and turn them into their own creations, and you and your ragtag team of rando people that you pick up along the way are the only ones that can can defeat them and you didn't see any similarities between that and Master one there's I, I can name at least five games that has that's not mass effect that does the same thing okay watchdogs apparently every male every character can can do can hack better than anybody else uh <laughs> Yeah, but you're not the only one that can interact with that technology. Oh, come on. Literally, Shepard was the only one that could interact with the Prothean technology. Saren. Literally, Ryder was the only one that could interact Saren. with... <laughs> but you were both, like, you were both fighting with the same technology, and then you had whatever the fucking dude's name from Andromeda that was following along, oh, interacting God. with the same technology... To try and find this mystical planet to prevent the total annihilation of the race, the world, the galaxy, whatever. Literally was carbon copy but of they, the first Mass the Effect game. Though, I'm going to defend it. They was absorbing them to make a new race while the Reapers uh-huh. wanted extinction. The Archon wanted to basically be a cult leader and just absorb people. There's a difference. There's a crink. I mean, is there really? Because, yes. I mean, sorry, what were, what were the husks again? What, who were the cannibals? Who were the marauders? Um, oh, yeah, that was the Reapers taking all of those species and turning them into their own Reaper creation. But they were dead. Mm-hmm. While mm-hmm. the other ones were alive, mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> just their minds are dead. It's, it's, mm-hmm. We can, we can, we can go. I'm just I saying. Can, I'm like Captain it, America. I got, I can do this all day. <laughs> I can do this all day. It was basically like The Force Awakens, where it was just a newer hope. Um, we could tap dance around this. <laughs> I mean, you can. You can do your best, sweetie, and it's fine. But my point being, that story uh, was not great. And uh, the gameplay, while fun Mm -hmm. in a different direction from the previous gameplay, also wasn't enough to anyone really entertain. I I, I do agree. But um, joking aside, I do agree. Um, but one thing I always hate with games, when every fucking game does this, that there's siblings in the group. For some fucking reason, you can't have both siblings together in the fucking group. One one of them either has to die or be incapacitated. Mm. But, that is a Bioware trait, isn't it? Yeah, and then um, I think there's an RPG. I don't play fucking play Chrono Trigger, so I wouldn't even know. I'm not even going to speak of something I don't know, but... It is a Bioware trait, like, buck the fucking trend. Let siblings be together. <laughs> like, Dragon Age 2... Intro- yeah. Dragon Age 2 introduced it, and then all of a sudden, it's either... Either one or the other dies, or one or the other just leaves. Fuck Carver. Uh, is either Bethany lives or dies. Yeah. And if she does live, she gets taken away. I and- always, um... I always vastly prefer playing mages in Dragon Age, and if I don't play a mage, then it's a, a rogue. So, like, most of the time, every time I play Dragon Age 2, I'm a mage, so I'm always stuck with Carver. Um, I feel sorry for you. And that's why I usually take him with me into the deep roads, and then, like, I don't save him. I'm like, oh, darn it, I forgot to bring Anders, so I guess you're gonna die. Sorry. <laughs> I, when okay, I... Bye. I redid the dark road, deep roads, when I realized Bethany was going to die, and I didn't have Anders with me, because I already had a mage in the Oh, game. and you were like, we was, gotta, we gotta do this all over again. Yes, I cannot, I was like, I like the voice actress for Bethany, I don't, I was like, she's the actual only mage character in this whole entire series, besides Win. I like, no... I'm not gonna let her die. I will redo this. My brother's like, <laughs> my brother's like, you really gonna redo it? You was literally cursing out this last boss. I don't. Oh. Care. I was like, I don't care. I'm redoing this. You know, <laughs> there are there are people you talk to who you realize are not like Dragon Age fans because they're gonna be like, oh yeah, I played that game. It was cool, and it's like, no, 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 like. If you did not, like, reload the last two hours of game because, like, freaking um, Colin or Anders was, like, very upset with something you said and you lost points with them and you're like, nope, I fucked, I pissed him off, I gotta, nope, sorry, I gotta reload this, I gotta make him happy again. Like, can't, are you even a fan? Because yeah. I have done that numerous times where I'm like, oh no, oh no. I pissed Alistair off. Shit. I gotta I gotta reload this and change it. Oh my god. Uh, what's his name? The the um the elf with the Larium burned onto his skin? Venris. Venus. Mr. Fuck. Sexy Voice himself. Fuck Venris. 
Oh, no, sweetie. No, 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 no. no. He, I mean, he, I did. He, My character did. I know you did. But <laughs> when you have um, Bethany still alive, who is a mage, he will make remarks to Bethany. I'm like, oh, fuck no. This is my, I was like, even though this is a video game sister, I was like, this is my sister, motherfucker. You will okay. watch your mouth. Dude. I will help you, see, but this you will is watch where, <laughs> This is where we need to have the conversation about um, your empathetic skills. And how, yes, it is good to defend your sister, but also within context, you have to realize that he grew up in an area where mages were uh, the worst of the worst and was tortured and experimented on by a mage. So he has some trauma and some animosity towards all mages. I get that. I really do. But. So. I have. Met, you. There's no excuse for that behavior to a um, person you are but asking for. But there is. Help. You are asking for this person's begrudgingly. He is asking for help, but you are still making death threats to someone's sibling, who they are the they already lost their parent. This per this person is on their last leg of sanity. The only sanity they got left is their sibling. I'm sorry. He will die if he touches my sister. He won't have to worry about mages no more if he Bro. touches my sister. Bro. Don't make me. Bro. I will bring the lawful evil out of me. I will. Now, if you guys are interested in like sibling like theme, like, you know, uh, teaming in that, in that realm. It's a good little off-topic. It's not a video game, though, but it's an anime called uh, Demon Slayer. I think it has a really cute brother and sister relationship, you know, where they fight for each other and, you know, they'll kill for each other. I just think it's something I just want to chime in because I know nothing about Dragon Age, so I just wanted to contribute. <laughs> when, when, when the topic of Mass Effect and Dragon Age comes up, is, is me and Benita talking. Yeah. I okay, mean, I'll just be over here, okay? But, you guys uh, do. But if I'm going to face a Bioware bitch. But that's the thing. So, like, even with, like, Dragon Age 2, which a lot of people thought was, like, quote-unquote dark mark against Bioware, mm -hmm. um, story-wise, you know, it wasn't that like compelling intriguing yeah but like the characters and the gameplay really that for me made the game enjoyable yeah. like because you have like complicated characters like Fenris where you're just like this dude has legitimate reason to be angry and hate mages because he's been tortured by mages you know it's <laughs> Uh, and then you have Anders, who has legitimate reason to hate Templars because he's been like tortured and kept in fucking circles for all of his life by Templars. Mm -hmm. Or even like your sibling. Like, there's times I have not killed Carver. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I've let him live, and he kind of isn't like as much of a douchebag but he's still like a realistic sort of brother 
to me, I guess. I mean, I have so, but a realistic sibling. Um, but it's just interacting with with them that it just sort of makes it fun and having like, their side quests, getting more of their back stuff that makes that game interesting and at least replayable yeah. to me. I know. Um, Whereas mm-hmm. Andromeda's just. I know. Um, I know for you, Carol. When I think I'm not gonna say I, I did help facilitate your love for Darksiders. <laughs> Every time you will, you will miss out on a new trailer, I'd be like, "Yo, Carol, check this out." You'd be like, oh, fuck yes. Leave me alone. I need my time. Let me look at this trailer. <laughs> Process. Then we'll talk. <laughs> but um, was it the story? Was it more for you the story than the gameplay? Or was it the com- combination of the two when it comes to Darksiders? Well, the way I came across it, I was at a GameStop. I came across Darksiders one actually Darksiders one was free on PlayStation, I think on the PS three, I believe. I don't quite remember. And it was for free on PS Plus. So I, I downloaded it and I played it. And at first it was just more the gameplay because it was just like the hack and slash cause and it was like third person and I really enjoyed third because I think also it's depends on the person because some people like uh, first person point of view. I love third person point of view games. And uh, I just like, like, what, why the fuck? Why the hell does this guy kill me? Why is everyone against me? I wanted the pocket, I'm a horseman of the pocket. What's going on? Like, you know, and um, the story itself was very confusing. I didn't really understand the story. I just know I'm just trying to like set some order, or find some truth. Mm-hmm. But for Darksiders 1, it was definitely the gameplay because I was able to transform to this even bigger, like demonic like creature. And I thought it was really cool that I was just able to smash things up and I was on fire. Um, but it wasn't until I played Darksiders 2, which is on Seon games. So I was like for five bucks. And that's when I started understanding the story more. And that's when I realized that I fell in love with the franchise. And um, But for me now, it's more about... Because when Darksiders, the gameplay isn't that great. But the story, for me, like was just blew my mind. Like, the, uh, what made the game great for me was the storyline more than the gameplay because there was a lot of glitches going on. Um, but, yeah, because, like, it, you guys know about the Darksider story of how, like, what the fuck is going on with these horsemen? I have been yeah, because, like, the first one was where he was, like, framed for starting the apocalypse or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and the second so one. The second. Yeah, yeah. So you're you're definitely right. What you just said it pretty much sums up the first one. So like, okay. um, you have War who was framed for setting off the apocalypse too soon, and for that he had to be in prison for a hundred years. Now he leaves for a, he does his time for a hundred years, and he comes back to Earth. He's like, hey, let me redeem myself. Let me find out who framed me, and yada yada. So pretty much he's just trying to find out the truth the whole time. And then um, he finds out the truth and somehow, uh, no, uh, his three brothers uh, ends up getting summoned and ends there. 
you know, we're like, oh, shit, like, they're all going to fight. They're going to bring back order, you know. So then the second one, it's not a sequel. It's more like while war is in prison, you have Death, his brother, trying to find who framed him. Like, Death knew, like, wait, this isn't like war, you know. He wouldn't do that. So his his story is just trying to find the truth, trying to prove that his his brother's innocent. And then Darksiders 3, it's still while war is in prison, but now it's um, the sister Fury, where she just has to fight the seven deadly sins. But she finds out that, wait, her brother was was also framed. And it's pretty much how they all like combine, come together. And the way Darksiders 3, it introduced the their other brother, Strife. And now I'm just waiting for Darksiders 4. Did they confirm but, that one? Uh, not necessarily. They, they did come out with Darksiders Genesis, but that takes place way before War was framed. Like, that mm-hmm. takes, like, way before. But, no, yeah. there has to be a Darksiders 4, because the way it ended, um, there's still a lot of, um, how do you say it? There's still a lot of questions. Like, we don't know okay. what's happened to Strife. We don't know how Strife ended up on Earth. So, you know, we don't know how... So what you so you essentially got Star Wars, um, instead of going forward, instead of getting sequels, you got prequels. Yeah, more questions. Sorry <laughs> if you can hear my cat. I'm sorry. No, you're good. <laughs> oh, that's okay. Uh, Harley's a uh, Harley and um, Christian's um, Harley and Christian's dog are part of the giant country with robot. Harley's now part of Nerds Against mm-hmm. the World, so your cat is now part of this okay. crew. Okay. Oh, my fish is quiet and so. has manners. <laughs> <laughs> um, she likes to come in from time to time, demanding. But um, we can stick with you, Carol, because obviously, me and Benita are like heavy into lore, lore-based games. Is there any game that you've played in recent years or in the past where? You're more, cause you're more focused on the story than the gameplay, or it's the combination of the two. Um, definitely, I'm more into the lore of Darksiders. Uh, I've bought in books that pretty much don't answer my questions, though. I'm, it, it just makes me want to learn more about it, like the Nephilim and who they are, and um, how how the horsemen were part of the Nephilim and they killed their own people just to become the four horsemen and how some have guilt, some don't give a fuck. And their mom is, was, uh, Oh wow. I forgot her name, but I forgot her name. I forgot what their mom's name, but she was also part of the Nephilim. And, but definitely it's dark Souls three where I know more of the lore about, uh, because I'm just the reason why I'm trying to learn the lore because I'm trying to get answers and I just don't get answers. I just get more questions because their universe is is limited. It's pretty big, but it's limited because uh, there isn't. I feel like um, they haven't got that much more depth into it. Okay. But so you feel I don't like know if I answered your question. You you pretty much you feel like every Resident Evil fan. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look at this look at that fucking series you got it was consistent Ooh. until you got to eh. after five after nemesis you got cold veronica two other sequels then resident evil 4 
And then you got yeah. a couple of other side stories, and then you got RE5. Wait, oh, that's not great. And then you got and six. Then six. <laughs> oh. They um, at least course corrected with seven. Um, but, and I still, honestly, I haven't even finished that one. And it's not like saying the story's bad or whatever. It's, I don't know if I can really do like horror games anymore. Like, I don't know if I've grown out of horror. I, I just never found, I personally never found them interesting because everybody's expect, expecting you to get scared when you play the game. Like, Nemesis, yeah. Nemesis, I wasn't scared. I was more like, how the fuck is this person, like, is it the AI that knows where the fuck you're at? Or, like, he's in he, you're in his field of vision that he knows where the fuck you're going to be at? Like, no monster is yeah. going to know where the fuck you're at. Like, it was it, it was getting annoying. That's why, I, and to preference, I haven't played a Resident Evil game since the PS2, PS1, PS2 era. I haven't played back any, in the day. Back in the day. So when I was in high school, when I was a wee lad, <laughs> yeah. I think I stopped in seven. I think it was like when you were trapped in the room with like the dad, and he had like the chainsaw, and he's like, it's literally a tiny room, and you're having to like run around this circle to try and figure out ways to kill him, or at least like incapacitate him enough because I think that was one of the things that like really just didn't die. Shoddy Bugatti. I thought that I stopped at Raccoon City in like the first five minutes. (laughs) I couldn't get you start off in a motorcycle, it crashes into a highway and then you've got like three bullets, four bullets, and you have these zombies coming at you. I didn't know how to handle it. So I stopped playing it. <laughs> okay, but I will say one of my favorite horror games, and I guess it technically does is horror. Well, um, was Until Dawn, but that was because me and my friends we played that together. Like we would take turns, like playing for a little bit and then handing the controller off to somebody else. And so you know that game has. I think they called it the butterfly effect or whatever, where like the choices you made obviously impact the ending and like who lives, who dies, and whatnot. And so it was just so much fun playing that with our with our friends because we're like yelling at each other. It's like you got them killed. Oh my god! How dare you do that? And if you like Rami Malek, he's in the game. Yeah, Remy Malik, freaking the cheerleader from Heroes. Hannah, uh, Hannah Pettier. Um, the shithead guy from uh, Agents of Shield. He's a damn good voice actor. All of a sudden. Um, I was I was like he he did a bunch of DC animated shows. He's currently doing some, and I'm like, nice. Wow, it's kind of like Freddie Prince Jr. Like I thought he was just an okay actor, but then he's such great voiceover work and video games and TV shows. Star Wars Rebels. A horror game? Yeah. A horror game that I enjoyed uh, was the Darksiders series. I know, sorry, Darksiders. I'm sorry, Dead Space series. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't... Three was more action, but the first two were, like, really good horror I never passed, video I, games. I never passed Dead Space 2. And now because I'm... Scared. It literally... 
I cracked up so much because I just remember like working at GameStop and like describing the Dead Space series to people. And I'm like, the first Dead Space is like the first alien movie where it's just like you, that one person, like this weird force that you don't know anything about. And I'm like, and then the second one is like aliens where it's like still horror, but a little bit more actiony. And then the third one literally followed that trend because then it sort of like the alien mm-hmm. three where it was well with co-op dark siders three is just yeah. I mean, dead space is like with co-op though yeah <laughs> like... um dead space the reason why I play, it definitely I would... peaked it too i would say i liked it for the gameplay and the story because it was like something uh-huh. i never something i never played before and they and i and i saw there's um a channel called gamers and the guy who helped make the game also has his own video up explaining him designing and creating um, Death Space. And they played a lot with sound. And I like that because, like, you're in, so you, when you get to specific sections, you're in space. You're not supposed to hear anything. And the only thing you're mm-hmm. technically hearing is Isaac breathing hard because he's technically in a space suit. So that's what you're going to hear. But outside mm-hmm. noises, when you're in space, no, you're not going to hear anything. I was like, I fucking love that. They paint like close, yeah. to, like meticulous details for a PS3 game at that. Um, now, the reason why I never paid Dead Space 2 is because I had a hard drive fiasco that wiped all my save files, and Dead Space 2 was part of it. And I was like, damn, fuck this shit. I am not replaying Dead Space 2 because I, I was doing well. I was like, because normally. I hate the regeneration monster. Not because I'm scared. Uh, and this isn't every video game with this narrative. Why would you put us? And I said this before on the Giant Cosmic Robot last year. Um, actually, our premiere episode for uh, I don't know. Actually, fuck. I my brain fart. It's like and here's the scenario. Let's say we're in Death Space, right? Mm-hmm. You're on. Let's say Carol. Let's say. Let me use you an example, Carol. You're is right in front of your door. You can see the exit. It will take you what? No more than a minute or a second to get to the door. But now we're in death space now. You see the exit. You know it's gonna take you a second to get to the door. But now there's shit in the way and a regeneration monster around you. It's gonna take you 15 fucking minutes just to get out the goddamn door. And you'll be like. And you can't kill them. You can only incapacitate them. I'm like, all right, that's, uh-huh. that's annoying. That's annoying. If I see the guy, I was like, that's why I never replayed the first one. Because I'm like, I hit the regeneration monster. And then the, the second one had the gall to give me two. <laughs> yeah. Okay, but I'm just saying that fucking needle scene still traumatizes me. Oh, I died on that one. I was like, I didn't know what the fuck I was supposed to do. And I just let it play. I was like, oh, I was supposed to move. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I, I fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> I like, yeah. You know, um, what, I've never played Dead Space. I played Dead Space 2 only because uh, my brother, he gave me like, hey, my girlfriend gave me this. Do you want this? What is it? I don't know. It's a space game with monsters or something. I was like, yeah, I'll take it. I'll play it. And so I'm playing it. Um, and... I didn't care about story. I noticed that it had a multiplayer with it for Dead Space 2. So I was like, fuck it, you know, I'm going to play I'm going to play this. I'm going to play on the multiplayer. So I'm playing it and then this is when PlayStation went down like for a whole month. Oh yeah. I mean, and um mm-hmm. yeah, it was very dark times. 
And um, I didn't care. I never played online anymore. <laughs> and I couldn't play online anymore. It's like, what? I can't get to level 60. Like, that fucking sucks. But what am I going to do? Well, I guess I'll play the story mode. And I was hooked. I was hooked. <laughs> I was scared. I was hearing voices in the game because, like, in Dead Space 2, like, Dead Space 1, you, you go to the, I believe, the Hiroshima uh, the ship to uh, save your girlfriend. You know, you think she's on there, you know, and you're there to save her girlfriend. You find out that you're, you know, she was dead. That it was her ghost or, oh, pause, you know, like. Pause right quick. If anyone uh-huh. literally comes at anyone on Instagram or Twitter talking about spoilers, this game literally has been out for a decade. Yeah. Yeah. You made yeah. It so, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so I won't get any death threats. No, I'm just kidding. Okay. So then, like, um, you know, he's fine. <laughs> And so then, and then Death Space 2, he's like coming to terms like, oh, fuck, you know, my girlfriend's dead. What's real? I'm fucking crazy because in Death Space 2, you're just hearing voices. Like, you think you hear something crawling behind you, you you know, and you don't know which vent a fucking necromorph is going to pop out through. And then you see, like, people's, like, body getting dragged or dead bodies. And you don't know what you see. And lights are flashing. And they do a really good job at that. Like, I thought I was going crazy. I thought I was losing my mind. And, um, yeah, that story was just, I don't know, it was just amazing. It was, a, it was yeah. this, like, if they were to do, like, a, what's it called, a remastered, oh, my God, I would play it oh. all over again, like. I, yeah. I, I'll definitely give it a shot. I'll, I'll definitely give it a shot on the. On the I would on just the love if we could get more, like. I don't know if I want to call it like an innovation or a difference, but you know, like thinking outside the box because like dead space was so cool because you're like, Oh, I just shoot it till it's dead. But you're like, no, you literally have to like, you know, decapitate this thing, dismember Mm -hmm. this thing before it can even die, which kind of amped up the, the fear. Cause you're like, okay, how many limbs do I have to chop off before this thing is, is dead yeah. um or even with like bioware and mass effect where you're like oh the dialogue wheel holy shit that is kind of amazing and like having better interactions in the video mm-hmm. games like i feel like we haven't had like good steps forward like that i guess i don't again like it feels weird to say innovation but you know like outside the box thinking in I would say, a while i would say telltale's batman and Insomniac's spider-man are good examples of retelling something we already know well actually replaying telltale's batman i don't like their approach with changing his mythology like i do like the concept of that the, the waynes were bad people and crime bosses and bruce has to basically clear his name and like try to fight the show like i'm not with my parent what my parents are like i like mm-hmm. that approach but then where it gets to like all right you're and then being staunch like like the nolan effect why do he need robin all right then why yeah and why then why in season two you not only let lucia's daughter murder somebody but then you let him batman bring her on as a sidekick i don't care if that's a choice that's still a choice that you did you made the joker like making the joker either like 
you have a choice to make a jo- the Joker good. Mm-hmm. But then, no matter what, he's still going to be the Joker that you know by the end of the game. And I was like, what is the point of this? Now, with Spider-Man... See, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, that's the one, and I will call this an innovation, because it, it was whoever makes it. That's the one thing I do want is for developers to actually mean it when they're like, your choices matter. Mm. Your decisions impact the story. Because I've just seen too many times. Yes, your choices matter. What you say and what you do will have consequences. And then it's like, you get there and you're like, oh, but it didn't. Yeah. Really, I know. Like Thanks. season one definitely gave you the that innovation, but season two really felt like it was like it was trash. Now, Spider- yeah. Now, Spider Man, even though everything's predetermined, so you really don't have no choice. But the execution to Spider Man's origin, so like you can't you cannot pin an age on Peter Parker's age. You just know that he went against majority of his villains. Some are in prison, some are not villains anymore. Or they you have he's they have not became their iconic villains yet. Like he has not went against Green Goblin. In this version, he hasn't went against Green Goblin or Venom yet. But they there. So um yeah. like meeting Miles as an adult as opposed to meeting Miles when they were both teenagers is different. And I like mm-hmm. that approach. And them right, have y'all have y'all passed twenty eighteen Spider Man? Yeah. No. <laughs> all right, Carol. This is this is a huge spoiler. All right. It's okay. It's a really good game. I mean, it's it's basically like Arkham Asylum, but like Spider Man. Um, um. But it's they, it's still very enjoyable. Yeah. They buck the trend and they kill off Aunt May at the end of the game. Oh wow! And she knew he was Spider Man all along. She just didn't say anything. So oh. it is that it is, and it is actually emotional. Like you, you pull up people crying, minus me, because I'm like, huh. I'm more like, huh. That was kind of cool. <laughs> but, but there's people legit crying, like, oh man, it's fucked up, man. You do that shit to Peter Parker, man. <laughs> but it's it is really a good game, and then um, you actually secretly you don't know it until you get towards the end of the game. You help create Doctor Octopus. Oh shit! Without even realizing it, and then when you get to it, you're like, "Oh shit, we help create Doctor Octopus." Like it is, it is, it really does buck the trend on telling Spider Man's mythology. And then the people who actually help write the Telltale Batman games help write Miles Morales, and I like the story that they did. Like yeah, the PS4 Spider Man was really good because I do like that um, approach because uh, it was kind of like Spider Man Two, the movie where you know you're friendly with Doc Ock before mm-hmm. he turns into Doc Ock, mm-hmm. um, but it's like way more in depth, um, and it's kind of like that thing where you're like, I know where going but I really don't want it to go this way and I'm hoping I can fix it and then you're like nothing I do is gonna fix this yeah, like um, Miles this is not a, this is a, I think I showed one of y'all this comic uh, Miles gets 
Peter Parker's iconic comic book moment where his mother, Miles' mother, Rio, finds out that Miles is Spider-Man. Oh. But in the comic, Aunt May found out Peter was Spider-Man. When Peter was bloody, bruised, Aunt May comes in, unannounced, into Peter's house, in apartment. Mary Jane is gone, doing whatever she's doing. She's, Aunt May sees a trail of blood throughout the hallway that leads up to Peter, bloody, in his bed, sleeping. She leaves, and she was legit planning to out her own nephew as Spider-Man. Wow. But she stopped like, until he approached her, and he's like, did you come to my house? <laughs> like, he literally, like, he was, like, deducing, like, something is off with my own aunt. Like, his spider sense went off on his own aunt, which never, like, a hero yeah. should never, like, specifically Spider-Man, his spider sense should not be going off on a family member. And that's when yeah. like, they had that talk. She was legit. She had you see in the comic strip, like he, she. But the difference between that, she was Rio was more worried about her son because I was like, if you play twenty eighteen, the father dies. So it's like they call him back to what happened in the game. They make note to say, oh, this happened two years ago, two years ago, and this is where where we at two years later. In Miles Morales, so that was like they showing a forward progression with this, and I'm like. In the first game, Crystal's um, comic writers Dan Slott and Crystal's Gage wrote the story for Miles uh, for Spider Man twenty eighteen. Um, I forgot the the woman's name who helped write the Telltale Batman games, but mm-hmm. she co wrote Miles Morales. So I'm like, mm. I do like the story because I'm like, she was probably like, all right, we're just building on Spider Man. I'm not gonna do what I did with Telltale. Telltale is a shit company. I don't care what nobody says. <laughs> like, you do good with season one, but you get past season one with your games. Right now, when you're mentioning about how Spider-Man uh, ended up making Doc Doc Ock, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, made me made me think of uh, Mortal Kombat Deception. Have you guys played oh, that? The Conquest. Yeah. Yeah, you know how you play the whole Conquest and like how. <clears throat> In the beginning, the intro of the game, uh, you see Raiden, Shinnok, and I forgot who else are fighting like this Dragon King, and Raiden ends up like killing himself along with his other, uh, I guess, alliances, just trying to kill Onaga, you know, like the Dragon King. Mm-hmm. And and then when you play the Conquest, you find out that you play this young guy who spent his entire life collecting these six artifacts because he thinks that an elder god is talking to him when it turns out it was like Onaga this whole time and because of him he created the Dragon King and the Dragon King went to Raiden and that's how like Raiden and uh, Shinnok ended up dying and I was like what? So whenever I kept playing the Conquest like how can I avoid this? <laughs> how can I <laughs> like not like uh, you just can't, you know, because his his set his road is already set. His journey is set. You can't change it, right? Yeah. I was just remembering that, like the whole mind blown thing for myself. But kind of like, um, oh, what was the the Halo game? Reach. I haven't where... played any of the Halos. So I wouldn't. Know. It was either. like the last. 
Halo game by Bungie and he played like the squad and was basically like the the prequel to like the first Halo game. Um ODST? No, that was before. I want to say it was Reach. I feel like it was Reach, but you you play like the squad um kind of the newbie on the on the squad and it's as the planet is falling um pretty much so you're like we have to get this you know this is very important this has to get to the ship and you're like trying to to survive as one by one you know each of your your team bites the dust sacrifice themselves <clears throat> and whatnot and so it's just it was such just a good way to like connect it to the the rest of the games but also to be like no i don't want any of these people to die because they're like cool great characters and then of course like when you die it's like just awesome <laughs> stand last stand thing um so that, that was a really good one with great gameplay and I'll say for me, another one, uh, Left 4 Dead 1 and 2. Mm. Like, trying to figure out the story um, while trying to play the damn game. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, what's up with all these but, characters? Who's, like, why they're dying? What the fuck is going on? That's another good one that's, like, the gameplay is so great. Like... You're not really, like, I don't want to say you don't care about the story because you do want to have that more backstory. Mm -hmm. But, like, the combat keeps you so engaged and you're like, we got to get to the next point. We got to survive. Um, that, you know, then you can have time to more into the, the story and the history. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, or trying to talk somebody out of like, don't go after the witch. She's gonna kill you. It's like, no, I can kill her. I can kill her. It's like, you're not gonna kill her. Stop it. Please don't. Please don't <laughs> fuck this up for everyone else on this team right now. Please leave her alone. Let's fast. And then they don't. And then you have to like fucking run for your lives. You have a, like, a witch and a whole massive amount of zombies now chasing. Because they just came out with that new DLC. Well, not new. It came out during Halloween, and it was like, wait, Left 4 Dead has a new DLC? Valve is still making games? What? I know. Um, and the old man is supposed to die. So it's Oh, like, shoot. What was his name? Like, Sarge? Or... I think it was Sarge. Um, yeah? Because I was watching Funhouse play it, and it was like, Bill. Oh. Bill? Shit. No, I'm going to have to Google it. And I'm like, what? There's a new DLC for Left 4 Dead? Let's go! <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm, I was assuming that they was going to meet the um, the characters from Left 4 Dead 2. Because I was like, that would have uh, yeah. been cool to see that. Mm-hmm. But I was like... Nah. I think they did do a DLC where they did meet up, though. But yeah. Mm. I was in your boat. I, I, I didn't have good people playing with me. This is why I don't play co-op. Everybody's like, why you don't play co-op? Y'all think, yeah. think I'm shit. No, y'all, you, you those who are going to listen to this, you're shit. You, you're yeah. shitty. Well, except for Carol. She, she's good at it with a sniper rifle. But still, y'all shit. 
How do you guys um his yes. name was Bill. Bill. Uh have yeah. you guys played um um Hellblade Senua Sacrifice? No. Oh my god, yes. Oh my god, I cried so hard. So and the much. gameplay and the story mode is amazing. Like oh. uh, it was forty bucks. It was a it was like a pretty straightforward game, but Desmond. The so gameplay good. is although limited, it's still really fucking good. Like like it's not a hack and slash kind of game. Uh you don't always get to fight, but when but like you'll know when you're allowed to when you're allowed to fight, but just the story itself is really good. So you're playing as a a young woman, her name's Senua, right? And mm-hmm. she believes she's cursed, but it turns out she actually has a mental illness. Uh I'm not I'm not quite clear what mental illness she has but she believes she's cursed and her whole town thinks she's cursed and yeah yeah and she went through so much abuse from her father and it turns out it may have been genetic because her mother too had the curse and um she was traumatized as fuck because the one the one man that she loved um his head was severed by the vikings and her whole journey is her just trying to retrieve back his soul because I guess he's a prisoner in Norseman. Uh, I don't know how to say it, but he's a prisoner. And her whole journey is just trying to retrieve his soul. And his head is like guiding her. She has it wrapped up. You don't really quite know it's his head till later in the story. <laughs> and stuff. Yeah. And uh, it's just. Uh, sorry, go ahead. Just continue. It's, it's, it's no, yeah. It's just it's so dang good, and it's by one of the developers that I also really like, uh, Ninja, Ninja Theory. Yeah, Ninja uh-huh. Theory. They did um, Enslaved, and oh, Enslaved was so good. Oh, I love that game. And so Heavenly much. Sword. I, I, I know the I know the company because Christian. If you listen to this, this is the episode you're supposed to be on. You see, they're talking about Hellblade, Cessna. Ah. I'm sorry, I had to be petty for that moment. Um, <laughs> but yeah, they were supposed to be. Oh, uh, but he was supposed yeah. to be on. He lo- he live and dies by that game. So I, it's amazing, dude. I'll get to it eventually. Like you, you know, now I'm at the point where video games is like. Uh, for me, we and this is the whole topic of the episode. Is like, is the story going to grab me? Is this something I want to? approach or play and like Red Dead 2 the story is interesting I just don't like the gameplay I like I, I get bored I, now I'm getting bored easily like Witcher 3 I have only and Cyberpunk is also a fender for this to give an example for Witcher 3 you play I'd say roughly 10 hours you fight the first boss and then the title credits of the goddamn game starts up you're like, wait a minute. Huh. This is supposed to be the intro? Yeah, but it's... What? <laughs> it's <laughs> so good. Cyberpunk, it's so good. Cyberpunk does that. And I'm like, fuck you, CD Project Red. Just start the game with the damn intro. I don't need to be playing 10 hours just to get your goddamn opening sequence. Ass. <laughs> um... It's beautiful, I'll give it that. <laughs> but Jesus. Um, Gears is the only game I have got I have gone through. Gears three 
is I felt is the most compelling story wise because through the through line, Dom is looking for his wife, and mm-hmm. he gets to his wife, and she's basically brain dead. He just like he is now officially broken. Like the camel is finally broke. What's the point of fighting anymore if the one thing that was making him fight is gone? I was emotional. I was like, I need a hug because we not only lost Dom's wife, we lost Dom. I need to die. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, yeah, I didn't. I can't even remember how far I got into the Gears series. I think maybe it was the second one, I think, is where you find uh his wife mm-hmm. and then and then i and i don't think i played the third one because like i don't know the Gears series wasn't it didn't hook me per se it was it was it was definitely geared towards a toxic male masculinity um through yeah life. i figured that out when the men were huge hulking behemoths and the women were teeth yeah Svelte. Have you guys played Overwatch? Yeah, Carol. You how do you forget I was playing with you with Overwatch? I haven't played with you in a long time, those man. <laughs> Last time I played was with Freddie and Lincoln. That was like maybe like a month ago. All I remember the game that you and I played together, and you just left because you got all the armor. You know, you just play raid one time. You no, know, and no, I'm no. so salty about it. You, Destiny you, one, you called me salty. We want to bring, we want to bring this up. We want to really. I said, I'm salty. I said, I'm salty over it. <laughs> I have played Vault of Glass. Now we, this is the first time we both played together on Vault of Glass, but I have played that same damn mission. So many times. And when we finally played, we was playing legit eight hours. One level <laughs> for eight hours. Okay, listeners? We started literally, I think, around five in the afternoon. And then it was literally two, three in the morning. I was burnt. I was like, fuck. I was literally, fuck this game. Fuck this game. <laughs> And everybody's arguing to me because I got some crazy exotic. You got like, rare stuff. I was like, I don't care. If I can give it to you, I would. I literally, I literally, <laughs> I, something just went like, hit my head. I was like, I'm done. Fuck Destiny 2. Fuck the DLC I paid for. I'm done. <laughs> Honestly, Destiny 2 was way better than Destiny 1. I feel like Destiny 2 was like Destiny 1 completed. Well, like I checked out and never came back. That was the depth of multiplayer for me. <laughs> okay, well, back to Overwatch. So, um, I think Overwatch has pretty good gameplay. Although it doesn't have a ca- campaign, mm-hmm. it has a pretty good story. But I get the story from the little videos that they release, and I just wa- rewatch them on YouTube. And <laughs> that game itself got Game of the Year, I believe, in 2016. I think. Yeah, and like um, someone asked me a few days ago, they're like, "Oh, what game do you play?" It's like, "Oh, I like to play Overwatch." It's like, "Yeah, does it have a campaign?" No. Then what's it about? It's like, well, it's about these heroes that I guess, like you know. Uh, 
no one wanted them anymore, but now they're coming back. And he's yeah. like, there's no campaign? Like, no, it's just a multiplayer. Like, then how do you know the story? I was like, oh, the video's on YouTube. Like, they have, like, you know, <laughs> like, Blizzard has, like, has, like, little short bit, short movies on them. And then, like, I was like, that is a very interesting concept, though, for Overwatch. Like, um, I don't know. I'm not that deep into Overwatch. I just know only of the video game. But, um, and I still play it to this day. Um, so I know I just wanted to bring that that one up I know, since we're in the topic of gameplay and story. I know Blizzard is now whenever the hell Overwatch Two comes out, it's gonna have a campaign mode, and everyone's like, uh-huh. and now people's like, when they announced that, why you just didn't do that in the, in the first place? <laughs> they did it backwards, like ass backwards. <laughs> like seriously, and I bet you if Fortnite gets another like. I think they're gonna keep on just building on what they got. I bet you Fortnite is gonna get a campaign mode. It's gonna happen. Like mm-hmm. people, when you're gonna get more people yeah. trying to figure out the story of this game, like why we have to go on YouTube or Blizzard.com to or was it yeah. .net, whatever the fuck it is, just to get yeah. just to know the campaign of the story. Yeah, it's cool. You're getting the, you're the voice actors to come back to voice their characters for these anim, anime um, animatric. Anim, uh, animated shorts, but you could have just did this shit in the game. Yeah. Like, uh, I think, I mean... And you notice how fast they locked down Matt Mercer to come back to play his um character? Like, as soon mm-hmm. as he gets popular with um Critical Role, we need to lock him down. <laughs> like, yeah. Lock him down. Blizzard, <laughs> I gotta give them credit, because they at least know... What works? Um, like hmm. they're really good at. I don't want to say like cranking out the hits, but you know, freaking World of Warcraft. Like that was a huge behemoth. I mean, it's still fairly big. It's not like as dominating as it was when it first came out. Because now there's so many, um, just online, um games like it now basically but um even overwatch you know that was led to sort of this renaissance of just online shooter games because people really just want to have fun and and shoot things uh and then like when they realized oh people actually like these characters in the story then they're like okay we'll add more Here's some little breadcrumbs here, and then the sequel will just... And I will eat it up. Yeah. I eat it up. I will cry to these damn short videos. Like, I am looking into everyone's story. I even got my boyfriend into it. I was like, dude, Overwatch. Watch these with me. Let's play the game. Let's get you to competitive mode. (laughs) I'm just like, all about it. Uh, So, they they know what they're doing. Um, Yeah, they do. They haven't they haven't had any um, huge mishaps. Uh, I mean, they have not been perfect by any mm-hmm. means, but they haven't really had any disastrous releases that I can Water actually War- really the, name. The, War- the World of Warcraft re-release on the PC? Reforged? Oh, I literally don't even remember. I mean, I have not played World of Warcraft, and I don't know. That was a flub up. <laughs> a big flub up. 
And then people complaining about um, not complaining. I, I I can see over sexualizing the character. I think they changed up um, Tracer her look to make it. Oh like, yeah, cause she was thick. She got cake. Yeah. <laughs> you said it. I did. <laughs> I was talking about my own dick. I was talking about my own dick in Cyberpunk. So we 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 already we we hit a wide spectrum on this. <laughs> Oh man, I think that's a good way to end off this first season <laughs> of Nerds Against the World Revival. Think of it like the Final Fantasy VII remake, except for it's Nerds Against the World and we just remade this. Um, okay, so we can just confirm you do want to end this podcast on a thick dick. <laughs> <laughs> I said what I said. I don't care. I'm comfortable. <laughs> I am comfortable with my sexuality. <laughs> like, seriously, dudes. If you can't talk about a dick, like, I have a plan. I have a, I'm have going to wait till after we're done recording. I have a plan, B, to talk about nothing but <laughs> a, a whole Dragon Age episode. Just the a, a whole Bioware episode, just the both of us. Mm-hmm. So. Well, I mean, you could look at it this way, you know, either we've all held a dick or we all shook someone's hand who held a dick. <laughs> Six degrees of thick dick. <laughs> the whole point, this is really going to ruin it, but the yeah. whole point of the World revival is normal people like us. Talking about things that we love, which is not ge- which is gaming and nerdum. <laughs> we try to be civil. sometimes include sticks. Yep, fine. We try to be um, as civil, but eh, we get to this point and it's like you know what? Fuck it. We're just gonna be children. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this first season. Thank you, Carol and Benita, for coming for to, coming for Benita coming back. Out of retirement. Yay! And Carol, thank you for now being a part of Nerds Against the World. Yay, yay. Um, when with that, we'll, there will be season two because I have an idea for season two, but y'all ain't gonna know. They'll know, but you won't. You're just gonna have to wait and see. Or, and here. Wait for that DLC. Yeah, wait for that DLC. We're, <laughs> we're, we're, not, we're not gonna pull an EA and make you pay for it. Maybe. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>